Hey everybody, uh, welcome back to another one of our world building uh, bonus episodes uh, talking about our custom D&D setting of uh, Valana. Um, I'm joined once again by Eden. Hello, hello. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Awesome. Yourself? You good? Yeah, yeah, not, not, not too bad. <laughs> same one, same one. As you know, deep in my editing production work of, our, of an upcoming thing that um, we haven't, well, we've kind of announced, but um, sort of, uh, yeah, our, yes. our upcoming Star Trek series and that. And, uh, People yeah. with fingers on the pulse have heard things about this already. Yes. <laughs> Um, there will be I, enough of those that are not paying attention. I feel like a, but yeah, I feel like there's going to be like a big announcement, like drop thing at some point. Maybe, maybe actually in a couple of weeks when we have our, you know, the fourth year thing, fourth year anniversary. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's not far away. That might be a time. Maybe I'll, I'll finally put that video trailer live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Keep an, keep an eye on your feeds, people. There's some news coming your way. Um, Indeed. But uh, yeah, today we are doing another one of our world building episodes. This time around, we're going to be discussing a small island chain uh, that is part of our kind of main country setting, um, just off the north northeast coast of the well, the livable part <laughs> of Valana, mm -hmm. um, is a, an island chain called the Amethyst Isles. And um, as it stands, we haven't got a lot kind of set in stone about them. I have a couple of little town names. I have a sort of ruined location on there and i've got a little bit of a sort of um historical event back in the midst of time i think we've actually maybe talked about before on one of these um yeah i think we talked in broad strokes about the idea that maybe the isles had been kind of broken away from the mainland that this was part of the uh the mages of the yeah, past the, yeah. the powerful mages and their excess power one of over us. running into the country and ruining places and that maybe these islands were shattered off of the mainland yeah these, these were once just a sort of another kind of peninsula and now it's just you know completely sort of shattered and not floating but you know a, a good amount of it sunk below below the sea as a part as a result of a, a giant magical kind of in my head kind of like a beam weapon <laughs> but i think i've maybe been watching a little bit too much kind of ridiculous gundam anime stuff at that point <laughs> hey big laser beams are undeniable yeah, somebody i think we talked about the idea of somebody standing at the top of a tower and just launching off a massive bolt of like magical energy so yeah well yeah okay, okay. well let, let's maybe like do a recap that and maybe we can uh, adjust um adjust that story a little bit then so we'll start with that so my idea was then like i say back in um well we've got we're currently in the age of unification as we re-established in our last one where we were sort of re um we reintroduced the setting in the previous age the age of arcane might there was a lot of wizards up to some bullshit <laughs> essentially <laughs> yeah playing with powers beyond the ken of yeah. mortal man there's a lot of like magical kind of um like wizard-led little fiefdoms they're all kings of their own little kingdom vying to be the most powerful and everything um, so I would imagine sort of, I mean, we, we haven't set much of this like in stone at all. We've just kind of vaguely alluded to it by and large, other, other than a couple of events, this being one of them. Mm -hmm. um, I'm kind of imagining that there's sort of a variety of kind of little magical kingdoms everywhere, sort of led by sort of cabals of powerful wizards or some of them just like fully just one guy who's holding it together by his own like sort of power and that and there's mm -hmm. a lot of rivalry between them as they're sort of vying for 
well the usual things that kingdoms vie for you know land and things but also kind of powerful magical relics and just and there's just general pettiness of wizards being like no <laughs> fuck you balthazar <laughs> we're at war now is you know. useless. Yeah. conjuration is the way <laughs> yeah you, <laughs> you know. can have battles between rival schools as it were there's thousands of um thousands of their <laughs> peasant people dying over small arguments um oh maybe this is a step too far but i kind of like the idea of it being that idea of rival schools that almost in the way of like chinese martial arts you've got crane style versus snake style or something it's like <laughs> This school's style versus that school's style, and th these mages lean towards that style of magic, and those mages do that completely the opposite, and never the two shall meet apart from on the battlefield. That's, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's amazing, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm, but I'm, in D and D terms, I mean, that's it's going to be a case of pretty much everyone's going to get destroyed by like evocation magic because the, 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 the one group who use like <laughs> offensive spells, and there's just the divination people in the corner, like, oh, I hope they don't notice us, like. <laughs> Why bronze likes fire. Yeah. <laughs> he um, knows. Yeah, no, I do like that idea. That, well, maybe it's not so much like schools of magic so much as literal schools of magic. Yeah, yeah. That's um, probably more along the right line of where yeah. it would just be that maybe they would favor certain spells or something. There's no drawing a line on like, we will no. never do that particular type of magic, but it's more like some of these spells go really well together as far as we're concerned. Maybe they could teach ways of combining things from different schools to meet better ends as it were from even the result just, of their magics even if it's just like a matter of philosophy so it's like this wizard and mm -hmm. his students believe one thing and another wizard and his students believe another thing and there's just long-standing rivalries that have over the course of hundreds of years evolved into people blowing up mountains things <laughs> <laughs> yeah. fire is the most destructive no See? lightning is the most destructive <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, yeah, uh, which is a long way around of saying then. So the event that we have, which form the Amethyst Isles, um, in mind I've had is that uh, one um, nation of wizards built, uh, was at war with another nation of wizards who lived on um, what is now the northernmost part of the Amethyst Isles. But at the time that was connected to the mainland and... Um, their solution to winning the war was to build this huge kind of tower. Um, I, I mean, I think, I guess we could say this is probably before the Auric Wastes were built. Well, not mm -hmm. built, were, were formed. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, but when the lands that were before the Auric Wastes were obliterated and became the Wastes. Yeah, at that time it was, you know, just regular lands. Um, so they built this tower... In, in their territory. Um, in my head, I've got it that they kind of sort of perform this... There's a lot of rituals on towers, I, I realised, in my in my historical events, but they kind of almost, like, burned out all of their kind of... Maybe the guy who was in charge burned out all of his acolytes to, <laughs> um, you know, perform this kind of one final attack designed to completely destroy the people of the peninsula... Yeah, I like it, because especially, I mean, you say in an almost withering way that there's a lot of things taken in uh, place in towers, but towers work well as focal points of power mm. in terms of, like, the man at the top of the spire. Yeah, if you've got that concept of if he's going to sacrifice his charges, as it were, for the sake of casting this spell, that maybe there's particular places within the building that they have to line themselves up in to prepare for this, that like yeah, they have yeah. to link hands across the floors and that, like, 
I could imagine the visual to go with this would be like almost a light coming from the bottom of the tower as people's bodies just burst into arcane flame and mm. it was sort of light up the tower and then yeah. blasts out of the main mage's hand or something to destroy everything in front of him. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Like he's on the pinnacle, like being the focus of all this power. Um, and essentially the ritual does work, um, <laughs> but because we like irony here, it also kills him. Um <laughs> And it essentially carves out this huge sort of cone-shaped kind of trench in the landscape pointing from the tower sort of northwards towards this peninsula, um, mm. which is we've now got a whole sort of rift there, you know, sort of mountains thrown up by this kind of carving force. Um, when it hits the peninsula, it doesn't fully destroy it. A lot of it is kind of obliterated, but it's sort of the what's left is sort of now... A series of islands mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean it was successful i think it was we could probably i mean we don't we don't need to go into full details here of how it kind of shook out or anything but suffice to say maybe this was the thing that destroyed both of the the groups um, yeah it's almost like he he went so far in his uh, quest to get rid of them that yeah it was resulted in a stalemate of sorts. Yes, mm. he ruined their land, but all of his acolytes and he was gone by the yeah. time he was finished. So what was it worth? Maybe he overestimated his own power to you know survive the ritual, sort of thing. <laughs> or maybe he just got a few too many acolytes. Like, I knew I shouldn't have put <laughs> that last twenty it. in there. <laughs> Those, t- <laughs> I like that idea. There's like got one floor too many on this tower. <laughs> yeah, you can just feel it as it's coming up through his feet. Like, oh dear, this is more charged than I thought it was going to be. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, coming up through his bones and like char- charring him from the inside. Is like, well, I guess I'll just blast it off because I don't have a choice. <laughs> Maybe in his own mind, he was like, well, uh, this wasn't the way I planned, but I know that they're going down from this. They've mm. got to go down from this. Yeah. So essentially, the, so this attack has carved out this huge rift valley, which is kind of on the the sort of north. It's now on the kind of northeastern extreme of the um, sort of livable lands of Valana, and uh, left the, this island chain of the remains of this peninsula. Um, the one other, I think, ruin that I've got on there, which I, in my head is related to this attack, um, is maybe was the capital of the target of the. Mm-hmm that which is on the northern coast of the main island there uh which i've I've just basically called it the ruins of solara i think i pulled solara out of nowhere but i'm fairly sure that's pretty close to an ice cream name what was that ice cream it's solero solero close close it's pretty yeah, close i think of solaris more yeah immediately yeah, look, I'm, yeah it could be yeah but either way though i've called it that and we're keeping it as that because whatever there's nothing else called that and i'm saying um it works so yeah in my head it was like this was their stronghold and they they just kind of they had a whisper of the the incoming sort of um they knew this was going to happen sort of thing they knew there was an attack they couldn't do anything about the attack but they um were able to put up like a kind of last ditch everybody puts up like an energy shield type thing around the city um <laughs> it was still ruined and that and everything um, just because the the sheer power of the attack you know it split off a of mm. peninsula of land um but the, the city was kind of buried under all this kind of 
I, I guess we could. I'm mean, in my head. I'm thinking that like a lot of like the rock was like turned to molten rock and everything. So then the, the city was kind of encased in this sort of shell of rock as they're kind of keeping their, <laughs> you know, um, shield in place. Um, and then they all can't get out. So they're just sort of stuck there. And that was the end of the city. Yeah, really. I like that. And then the, I suppose when the shields come down, there's just like a wall of dry, well, not dry, cooling magma of mm. sorts that's kind of been halted there, perhaps. Yeah. So they're, 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 kind of devastation. In this, they're kind of in this bubble sort of underground um like oh it, are it, they still there <laughs> what do you think this could be something to leave for uh we'll leave that, we'll leave that leave handling, hanging up yeah. in the air but yeah maybe um, they could still be there i like the idea though that the only reason you know it's on the map because people know there's a ruin there but the only reason they know there's a ruin there is because there's like the tops of towers sticking out of the the rock face mm -hmm. um that's all people can see but really underground is this whole sort of well, I say city, but sort of, I'm, I'm thinking in my head, it's it's not huge. It's like, mm -hmm. it's kind of, kind of like a stronghold kind of town sort of thing size, really, rather than like a full city, but it's sort of... But still, it would yeah. be enough that if you found your way, if you found the right breakage to, to find your way under the dome, as it were, that it would be a bit of a shocker to be like, okay, so uh, all those ruins that we thought were just sort of sticking out of the ground itself, well, it's the ground the is actually yeah. another 50 feet below us. Like. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I've got in mind for that. Other than that, though, <laughs> um, all we've got of this um, island chain is two town names, uh, Stormhaven on the kind of sheltered inner bay of the main island and Storm's Way uh, kind of right next to these ruins kind of up on the top, um, sort mm -hmm. of a little bit kind of exposed into the sea there. Um, and I've also I put another dot on one of the other islands that I did not name a town there. <laughs> That's well, pretty much all we've got at the moment. Yeah. Well, my first thought, just to get the ball rolling, mm. uh, they're called the Amethyst Isles. Yes. Are, are there a great many Amethysts here, would yes. you say? I, um, I think this was, it. again, another thing I kind of had in mind as like a result of this attack is that the whole land, in in the as it was shattered, was kind of absorbed a lot of the magical energy of this, mm -hmm. of this attack. Um which was, I guess, purple. <laughs> um, oh, happy if they're amethyst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but as a result, there's like a greater than normal amount of kind of gemstones are found on these islands, which is kind of what they're sort of the draw is of the place, really. Um, okay. and a lot of them are amethyst. And um, yeah, the sort of the land is is not like as fully like magically scarred as the wastes are, um, mm -hmm. but the land is kind of got this sort of slight infusion of magic and it's you know not in a mutating way to the people who live there or anything like it would be in the yeah. wastes but it's just a sort of it's it's a slightly magical place kind of thing well, along those lines then let oh, me I, should, come come I think i made an animal as part of a world anvil challenge that the a type of cat that's from there called an amethyst cat uh, let yes, me just find, I vaguely remember that it's somewhere in, in the archive somewhere hang on where's uh domesticated creatures Pets and familiars. Amethyst cat. Uh, rare. Yeah, okay, here's what I wrote. When did I write this? A long time ago. A rare exotic breed of cat found only in the northern Amethyst Isles. Prized as a familiar by magical practitioners. Because um, the sense. cats themselves carry a faint magical field around them at all times, and they've got purple coats. Uh. So, yeah. 
That was me trying now to get you a magic told cat. That, you told me that there are purple cats in this universe there now. Are. There's purple Pr cats. Prons, when, when some, someday, when we get him out of that thing, that, that is now on the agenda of, like, Prons must own a purple cat. Yeah, that's because <laughs> it's number one on your, uh, your priority Pretty list. Well, no, number one, get out of the time bubble. Number two, well, yeah. get a cat. <laughs> Yeah. Purple cat, purple specifically cat. a purple yeah, yeah. cat to go with the robes. <laughs> you got to colour coordinate your pets, people. Damn straight. Once has got some kind of weird sense of style going on underneath the madness and the personality <laughs> or whatever the hell's going on there. You don't see a mirror very often, but when you do, you you know you you accessorise appropriately. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, just off the back of my question then, um, relating to the amethysts and what have you, and hmm. um, let me run this past you as an idea. So. One of the islands, let's say maybe one of the more isolated ones, and it could possibly be because of this that it's isolated, maybe could have um, amethyst golems. Okay. Amethysts that have absorbed so much power and have been left, like perhaps this island has truly been deserted for a long time that compared to some of the others hmm. where amethysts are collected on the regular for magical purposes. This is the one where it's like, oh, we don't go to that island. Like that's that's the one where yeah the amethysts came to life, and you never know when you might be tapping away on one, and all yeah. of a sudden the whole wall in front of you moves. And guess what? Jerry the prospector went there, and uh, he never came back. Yeah, and that maybe you could have it where yeah, there's there's this idea maybe it's the potential in terms of like using it as a setting for something, but you could have it where somebody gets the idea that well those must be even more powerful like gems that maybe it's worth hunting one of these golems or something like that 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 could be a reason for somebody to go to that place but what do you think the locals are all like oh, we don't go there that island is cursed i don't know why they talk yeah. like that because you know the rocks themselves have come to life <laughs> yeah. and not in the normal way the rocks come to life these ones are a real asshole about it <laughs> <laughs> they won't even try to talk you can't be diplomatic with them in the slightest <laughs> offered him a sandwich and he broke my arm off see <laughs> I just like the idea, the yeah. visual in, in particular. Oh, yeah, no, 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 like, I like that. Especially the idea like of them being very pure crystals. That like mm. these are like basically transparent to the point where like they are very clean, as it were, and that like these giant crystal golems would look like shiny, massive, transparent. I don't know. I can't help but think of um again, it always comes back to Discworld, but the how the, the trolls are like slow thinking and that until they get cold but then there's that one troll who's basically pure diamond and he's super fast thinking and everything because he's mm. he's a diamond and that um yeah and it could be that like the magical forces have purified the, the amethysts or something and that that's why they've become imbued with spirit because anything that is sort of so pure would become imbued in D, &D land that eventually just by virtue of being around yeah, it's in just kind of terms. In it's, the... it's got its potential, as it were. Yeah. Like, I, I, what's that? I'm, I've got an image in my head, and I can't. I think there was. Was there some kind of DLC character in the first Dragon Age that was oh. kind of like that? Yes, uh, Shale. That was it. Yeah. Shale fully, was but... a. Yeah. It was, the concept for Shale, if memory serves, was that it was somebody's a dwarven spirit that got put inside of a golem. Mm. And to begin with, Shale is very aggressive, and you can't talk to him. And if you eventually get information out of him, it turns out it was a female dwarf, still considers themselves very feminine, and is 
just stuck in this body and eventually it's got that kind of thing where you can either turn them into a weapon and treat them like they're a machine or treat them nice and humanize them before the end of the game and i think the best ending for shale is that you basically kill them if memory serves right <laughs> i don't remember finishing that storyline is the thing i just got an image i just remember the mission where you come to get them yeah, no, I played Dragon Age to death yeah. multiple times. <laughs> so yeah, Shale was one of my favourite bits. It's like, Shale made the de- deep roads actually feel like he wanted to be there because Shale had things to say about it. But I don't think I, I don't think we've I finished the first Dragon Age. It's long. Yeah. It's hard work by today's standards, I think. But I think and it's well, especially easily broken in fairness. Like there are yeah. some very easy ways. Like if you get oil and fire as two of your magics, guess what? Every NPC in the game is just easy easy pickings <laughs> because you cast oil on them, they fall on the floor, and then you set the oil on fire. And it's that easy. I think I came to it like not directly, but very soon after Mass Effect. And uh, I was kind of like, oh, this, I'm kind of bouncing off. Like, not storyline line wise and everything. Um, but I think just the inventory system and everything, I, I kind of bounced off a little little bit. Um, well, it was much more old school. Yeah. Like, Dragon Age is the last of the kind of, it felt like a extension of Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. Like, it had that old D&D feeling to it of, like, the numbers are crunchy. Mm. <laughs> and, and it's easy to skank certain things and do dirty tactics but at the same time you can get instantly ganked out of nowhere <laughs> yeah so yeah i think i just came to it at the wrong time but i do remember playing that mm. for at least the mission where you get shell so as long as that yeah to get background to the um amethyst golems i do like that as a concept mm. um one last video game reference before yeah. we move off that potentially. <laughs> um, my mind is going to Dark Souls. Um, there are I can't remember which Dark Souls it is, but there are big blue crystalline enemies that are quite hulking and they got big spiky hands and they do mm. lumbering slow attacks at you. But I've got a vision of like a more noble version of that, as it were. Okay. Like it's completely transparent. It's certainly not quite built like it's a hulking thing. It would be more like not necessarily slender, but something that's more tall and an elegant construct rather than a big bag of lumps that is now moving. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, uh, that's good that you said that because I was imagining a bag of lumps. Um, yeah, I, I think it would be more interesting that, like, because of the refined nature of, like, it's been affected by magic for a long time, like I say, it's perhaps been purified by the conditions that it's in and then imbued with life that it should look like it's gone through mm. that. Like a normal rock looks like, yeah, crappy old rock, but this is magic rock. This what is if, this has been smoothed and polished to a fine sheen kind of thing. What if they formed underwater so they had to be smooth mm. to yeah. um, effectively move through? Like the, the, the cavern that they formed in was flooded. So essentially they've um, sort of manifested with more of like a swimmer's sort of feel to them than okay. a, like a hulking sort of like me golem me smash me big bubbly rock guy they're more sort of like i don't know smooth moving and yeah 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 in that way where if, like you've seen a brick that's been under the ocean for a little while that yeah. they come out with completely rounded off edges and mm. look very smooth by comparison they yeah i could see it on on that line yeah. and on that front that idea of there perhaps being an underwater cave where this is where they're coming from hmm. it could be that yeah it, there's one of the islands that that cave is on nobody knows quite where it is as a result and every now and again one of these golems just walks out of the water onto land 
and everybody's like, oh, fuck, it's happening again. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the big magical golem things. Everybody run for the hills, call yeah. the wizards. But they're like, they're quite inscrutable and everything, and like, they don't seem to have any, they're not just turning up to smash things. Yeah, they're, they're just, just wandering kind of... around, and if you get in their way, maybe they will just like, they would cast their arm towards you or something, and it's like, ah, we saw that happen once. We don't, you don't get in that <laughs> thing's way. We see what happens. Yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, but but like I say, I mean, so the actual kind of, the, I was definitely thinking that the, the rounded off like smooth things, like you find those, yeah, like you say, glass and things that's kind of been smoothed down completely through mm. erosion in the sea and stuff. But then also because they're, you know, they have, a, you know, emotion to them, um, but all, they, they've got kind of a, a body sort of shape and feel that is kind of uh, more sort of dynamic and kind of um kind of built for swimming essentially where you need to be yeah. sort of aerodynamic like the wrong them, word for swimming i'm trying to think of the um the right word but you know what i mean sort of they have kind of like cutting not not cutting fins but like they would perhaps they the front of the body would have like aerodynamic kind of shapes let's say not aerodynamic but yeah hydrodynamic yeah, that was the. I mean, I was trying to. Yeah, that was exactly. The, the maybe thing the was... front of like the chest section would come up towards a point in the middle, so that water would move around it, and that as it mm. walks through the water, it's cutting through it, so that it's a little bit less resistance from yeah. rock basically trying to move through water, which would be a bit of an arduous process. Mm. But where they're not actually water breathers, they are still. They, they've kind of like an odd mixture because they still have the ability to go on land, so they have got legs. And mm. that, but it's yeah. I, I I don't know. I'm kind of thinking of. Um, let me Google the image. Uh, did you see the day the Earth stood still remake? Um, with Keanu Reeves. Oh, I did watch it once, but my memory of that is very fuzzy because. Oh wait, no, I was thinking it was more smooth than that. Hard for me. Uh, it's just uh, no, it's just a dude. Okay, it's <laughs> it's just a silver dude. I was thinking of. Are we um, talking about the robot from that? I was, yeah. Um, and I was think, but like it's yeah. I was thinking more smooth kind of weirdly pr proportioned kind of sort of flipper limbs <laughs> not flipper you know what i mean yeah i but stronger I, memories of yeah. the original day the earth stood still than that version of it quite frankly i don't know why that was my go-to for that really because i've got it on blu-ray but i watched it once because i got it in like pre-owned for like three quid and i was like oh keanu mm. reeves and then it, i don't remember it being particularly great <laughs> But, he's like, just bland it's one of those yeah. ones where Ke keanu's lack of personality which was an intentional thing with the character that they were having in play was sort of like i'm sorry but we need somebody with personality to bounce <laughs> off of but you've you've banked on one big star and it ain't working <laughs> mm. but um anyway yes a long way around to say that yeah i like the concept of um the amethyst golems and that and then being a little bit almost like a kind of slightly sort of alien force that just appears sometimes and they have their own motives and if people mm. get in their way people get knocked aside yeah, with fatal yeah, consequences I'm, I'm, but i'm very stuck on the idea that they certainly look otherworldly and they don't look they certainly don't look like golems in the way that other people understand them to look no. like so then you wouldn't i mean like the average mage wouldn't look at it and go golem immediately so they, might, they would people... look at it and go that moves like a golem but it's and it's made out of rocks but so that's maybe like any I've ever seen. So that's maybe why people have sort of not really identified what their deal is because they're looking at them, they're not thinking golem, they're thinking, what the hell is that? You know, because mm -hmm. um, maybe there is like even like you know majors or whoever who's come to investigate is not looking at it thinking golem. They're looking at it and going, well, you know, because golems they've seen are sort of well, flesh golems are weird kind of undead things. 
other ones mm-hmm. are kind of rock creatures. This is like a smooth, lithe, tall, like out of the ocean kind of thing. What is this? You know, <laughs> the only thing that we've got to really go on here is that it sort of it doesn't communicate. It's not communicating very much, and it's very smooth and. It's also kind of amethysty, like a lot of the uh, rocks around here. Yeah, but, yeah. I'm, I'm just double checking something because I'm not like quite as au fait with a lot of the rules as you are. And I was just checking up on the concept of wild magic. That like mm. perhaps it could be that like the amount of magical force that was put into the area has effectively meant that certain places are permeated with wild magic. Well, that's, and that's the concept. Why... I mean, I'm not I'm not basing that on any rules or anything. That's just kind of the concept in my head. Is that um, well, that's that's the concept in general that we've got behind the the auric waste is that the whole place mm-hmm. is just infused with like wild magic, and you know that's why things get um, mutated and weird, and um, why there's danger in traveling in it. So this mm-hmm. this is to a lesser extent what's happened to the Isles here, except it's a bit more stable here. So it's at the time pockets of it perhaps. when it first happened. You know, when the the magical attack shattered the landscape and, you know, there's molten rock flowing and everything, things were a bit more changeable then. But it's sort mm-hmm. of settled down now to this just having a sort of... The land is just have a, has a sort of low-level kind of infusion, which maybe just means that there's this, you know, sort of... You know, it, mm-hmm. it's livable, is what I'm saying. It's it, There's no longer yeah. kind of, like, so many places where... Well, you don't want to go in there. You'll walk out as a frogman or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's more that, like, oh, this is a, you know, this is a magical place as a result of it. You know, at the time, it was probably horrible. You know, there's, you know, land falling beneath the ocean. There's molten things. There's all this, you know, and everything. You know, it was very much was like an apocalyptic event. I mean, yeah, you turn a corner and you don't know whether things are on fire or if they're covered in ice. Yeah, then I mean, they might be fluctuating between the two states rapidly. Let me just count the squares <laughs> on um, on the map here. So, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. So probably a little bit more into the sea, and then about eight across. So fifteen by eight. Uh, Large area. It is a large area. Um, um, each is ten miles, so 150 miles by 80 miles across was devastated by this one attack. <laughs> you know, so there's a lot of magical energy going into there. 150 yeah. mile cone, like what the hell? You know, might be getting too specific here, but what do you think in terms of? Um... Because viewing magic as this sort of like elemental force as it is within mm. this universe, does it operate insofar as like currents and channels? The, how does it dissipate? Would it collect potentially that maybe this cave full of golems has come to be because the, the magical channels, as it were, just about everything that was there has ended up being deposited in basically one place because yeah. where else is it going to go? It's almost like there's. it's not a vortex, but it's just that this is the way that the wind blows. It happens to blow in this direction, that's where it all went. And that under the water, that's where this... It's not necessarily still full of magic, as it were. Like, as mm. you say, a lot of it's been a long time, and it's perhaps time for it to have dissipated, or perhaps simply have imbued a lot of different amethysts with this animus. And that that's, that's effectively where the magic is now stored, is that within the rocks themselves... Yeah, that's where yeah, the, a like lot that. of the wild magic ended up, and that's why they're just wandering about aimlessly because it is wild magic. Nobody created the golem with any intent, no, so all it, it just, can do is wander around pointlessly and kind of react to what's in front of it. 
yeah it just kind of manifested itself due to the kind of concentration yeah i know i like um i think there is the kind of idea of like ley lines are a real thing in this and that and everything and magic mm-hmm. does kind of flow and it's a bit unpredictable you know it's pretty unpredictable and everything but it does have kind of flows and sort of places that are more um you know more susceptible to being kind of nexuses for magical effects and things like that you know play mm-hmm. and there's because there's definitely places where um for one reason or another like the sort of veil between planes like is thin so if you're mm-hmm. not careful you can step through and suddenly you're like you're no longer in the material plane you're somewhere else sort of thing that's the basis for uh what planescape torment yeah yeah but i mean that's just a yeah i mean it's just a general kind of dnd concept is the planes and that mm. um so so yeah i mean it's um yeah, I can see that being a thing. Maybe not where all of the energy went, because um, I imagine well, a decent chunk of it, though. Yeah, like, or, or it was just kind I mean. of flowing like, through, thinking. and this just this chamber just happened to be a bit of a kind of confluence, and that. So maybe it wasn't even staying here. It was just there was a lot of energy flowing through all the time, and that and everything. It was something where it's like maybe that was the amethyst mine that was there on that continent, and that when the magic flowed through the place that's where most of it went because that's where a lot of stones were already yeah when the peninsula was shattered this bit ended up kind of underwater mm. but there was already this maybe it was already like it but even before the everything got kind of souped up by this magical sort of blast <laughs> this yeah. was like the- a natural confluence yeah, so, and it, it was relatively small, but now there's lots of pockets like it. Mm. Whereas that one that was already like it is now this, not necessarily a golem factory, but you know what I mean. Like it's 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 the place where things went a step further. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I, I can get on board with that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, so stepping away from the um, the magical side of things a little bit here, then. So w- where we're at now, we're at. I mean, I haven't set a date. I don't think for. Oh, apparently I did, because um, I just clicked on the tower. The tower I've got, the, it's been basically nearly, it's been about 2,700 years, so 2,700 years since this occurred. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, this was early on. That does that does still track, okay. Um, just because I remember we, we put in the um, the meteor strike and things, um, and the, which was before when the wastes were formed. So this actually happened... About 200 years into the Age of Arcane Might, about 500 years before the Wastes were formed. Mm-hmm. That still works out timeline-wise. So this was an early big thing in the uh, that happened in the Age of Arcane Might, really. Um, but my, my point I was going for was that it's been quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and things have sort of stabilised now. Um, and the hours essentially now, the vibe is a bit chill <laughs> yeah i was kind of in my head i've got a kind of like orkney shetland isles sort of idea um because they're kind of out into the sea and yeah we're we, you know we we are north of the equator with the whole setting so the further north we're get, going the more you know windswept and things they are um I haven't got my world map to hand, you know, the one we were talking about in the last episode. But um, yeah, we're we're kind of at a similar latitude here, I think, to where Britain is on Earth. So, 
yeah that, that kind of tracks in my in my head at least for sort of what the general kind of climate and sort of things are like there um i am i think going to go in and edit my map at some point so don't fully um okay. rely on the layout of things here because uh, this was something i've been meaning to go because it does look a little bit dodgy around the bottom area of it the main island maybe i'll keep as it is um yeah i don't think storm's way and storm haven make sense especially their names where storm's way is out on this kind of upper tip where mm. it's going to be bashed by waves and weather from all directions just about apart yeah, from the south yeah. almost and storm haven almost has kind of like a little kind of it looks like maybe it could be a cove of sorts or within a cove. Yeah. And the area south of it is kind of like enclosed a bit. It's a bay of sorts. It's mm. within these this little group of islands. For sure. Yeah. I mean, the uh, each square on my map is 10 miles on each side. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's not that's not a huge area. that it is. So it is a bit more enclosed than that, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, so in general, I, I, I've got a, kind of got an idea that there's not a huge population in these isles. Um, mm -hmm. There's maybe a few people, you know, the, the larger settlements are going to be Stormhaven and Storm's Way there, but they're on the main island kind of thing. Yeah. Um, every island's probably got one or two people, not more than one or two people. They've got a couple of small little villages and things on them or whatever, um, you know, of varying sizes. Some of them might just be like, hey, there's a little fishing village there that 40 people live in or something. Yeah, it um, makes sense for there to be a lot of small communities based around fishing because yeah. they're surrounded by water on all sides. So yeah, yeah. But, but even the biggest settlements like Stormhaven, they're not. Um, well, Stormhaven is the biggest one, and it's not going to have a huge amount of people in it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it's the biggest one in the Isles. It's probably it, it's nowhere near as big as the um, any of the, the larger ones on the mainland, kind of thing. Would it be perhaps the only place on that island where there's an inn or any sense of, like, the structured civilization of the mainland? Um, I feel like there'd be more than one inn. Like, there's mm -hmm. probably an inn, you know, <laughs> little villages, there's always a pub um, kind of thing. But I feel, yeah, that might be, like, the the administrative sort of... Like that's the that's where the mayor of the islands lives, or something. Yeah, perhaps there's a that's um, where there's the magistrates, and there might be a, a single garrison there. Perhaps. Yeah, there's a fort there. There, there might be sort of watchtowers and in, in, on other places, but this is the main kind of this is the main hub for the islands, basically. Um, oh, I can imagine it would be a, a threat on the mainland of like, oh, you better watch yourself, boy. You, you're going to get sent out of Storm's Way to stand <laughs> out on the edge. Yeah, you've got to stand out on the edge and keep watch. There's always got to be eyes out at Storm's Way. Yeah, you've got to watch out for sea creatures and things. And, you know, it's a pretty <laughs> terrible posting, really. You're essentially That's going it. and standing in a lighthouse for <laughs> for a year. Um, well, nothing much has happened there for a long time, but there's it's just within the army or within the armed forces there would probably be like it's kept for this purpose that once yeah. upon a time yeah there was a reason for people to be out there and it was still a crap job at the time but now now it's just a crap job well we've we've we talked previously about there being raiders coming from um arcturime in the in the north so maybe True. it's a holdover from that, that they still have the garrison there like it's been a long time since we've had anybody you know um crossing the ocean to <laughs> come and raid but like at a certain point there was a bigger problem yeah. Um, so there are these kind of there's a few abandoned forts on the on like the the north um I guess the the western side of that island and that just yeah, keeping but... an eye out. I mean you, you've been around this area. I mean there's quite a few um sort of 
abandoned sort of watch posts and things left over from the Second mm, World War mm. just on the coastline oh, yeah. around around where we are, sort of thing. Um, nothing like Studland and that. So I, I, I'm kind of imagining that sort of thing where there's like a few sort of derelict kind of watchtowers and things, but like one or two of them are still manned by like there's like two blokes and a and a new recruit. It's <laughs> yeah, just like yeah. there. Maybe Storm's Way has like 10, 12 people. You know, it's a little bit bigger, but it's still pretty much defunct. But there is the yeah. main the main kind of there is a fully operating fort at Stormhaven, it being the biggest yeah, settlement. Yeah. But each one of these islands maybe has like a you know where they used to have a you know like a whole sort of not regiment or whatever, but they had a decent number of people. Now it's like a couple of old boys, like a sort of home guard sort of feel. Yeah, to it. yeah. It's it's the the young the youngest and the oldest. Yeah, like the. <laughs> There'll be one fresh kid that's there for punishment with the old guys that have just sort of like, oh yeah, and I choose to. There might be one guy that chooses to be up there. He like he likes yeah. the cold or something. Like he's got all the stories. And they're you know they're not exactly the most disciplined. Like the old boys have all got their own homebrew setup yeah. going on there and everything. They're like nobody comes and checks. We're going to be making some cider while we're here. You know, not cider. You know what I mean. Some kind of alcohol made out of something nobody would choose to drink under normal <laughs> circumstances. Where it's, oh, it's seaweed alcohol or something. <laughs> like nobody's checking on us for so six weeks. Bad, but it gets you yeah. trashed. <laughs> no one's checking on us for six weeks. We're going to be making our own hooch here. You know, it's the only thing that's getting us through, sort of thing. <laughs> and it's like, they, you know, they're not really taking the duty seriously because most of the time it isn't. To be, you know, there's nothing, there's no need for it really. Um, yeah. so it's got that yeah. kind of it invites the classic setup of the youngest, like when the two old guys are drunk out of their minds and falling over. The youngest sees something on the horizon and has to try and sober him up. And oh, yeah, yeah, it, 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 I could see all the potential <laughs> for that kind of thing just playing out from that. that's 100% what I was thinking, but yeah, so I like that. That's the kind of vibe. It's 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 peaceful, it maybe didn't used to be peaceful, but as a result, it's sort of. You know, it, it's got a kind of home guard sort of last place you want to be posted, really kind of feel. Um, mm. yeah, it's safe, terms, but yeah. not really because nature might claim one of your fingers on a bitterly cold night or something. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of weird. They don't, don't get me wrong. We're still in like a D and D world, so there's definitely some weird stuff. And especially in this landscape, like you say, we, we talk for 10 minutes about weird, like, inscrutable amethyst rock monsters coming out of the ocean and just marching around <laughs> with seemingly oh, no whoa. purpose. So there's definitely his some... idea. Sorry, just, sorry oh, to interrupt. It. Just on the idea of, like, right, Storm's Way is the most northernmost tip of hmm. this. It's possibly the least affected of all of those places. So maybe along that line, it could be a motivation to want to be posted there if you're particularly, I don't know, averse to magics or have had bad experiences. Maybe you would try and head north to be like, yeah, this is the least likely place that any of that <laughs> shit is going to happen. I'm, could be. Yeah. It's horrible to live here, but <laughs> it's away from that stuff. It's horrible to live here, but hey, we've got, you know, we've got a fire. Just try and stay out of the <laughs> try and stay out of the wind and you'll be alright for your, you know, your six-week posting or a six month posting or whatever <laughs> yeah. yeah you won't you won't see a spirit in the fire inexplicably around yeah. here that everybody <laughs> wants to be posted somewhere warm like in the south of the country watching like <laughs> watching the mountain pass or like you know a nice cushy city guard position on the lake or something mm. way down in the south of the country but like 
the real thing is that if you you know if you're getting on a bit or you you've been you've messed up or whatever you're likely to be posted here to this kind of rainy sort of <laughs> raining nine months of the year 10 months of the year sort of island chain when it's not raising when it's not raining it's frozen yeah <laughs> i don't think it's maybe that bad but you know what i mean it's sort of yeah it's um yeah it's grim up north it's that's a the bit. bottom line <laughs> yeah i mean that's yeah that's true in every world um <laughs> Somebody from the north, I can lay claim to that. Oh yeah, no, I was agreeing with uh, an authentic statement from a northman such as yourself. (laughs) Not that I sound it. And truly, I'm a southerner because I've lived here longer, but whatever. It's fair. Um, But uh, yeah, okay, so I think, I don't know, what, what what can we add to this then? Other than, we've already got the golems, but in terms of like settlements, I feel like it's going to be a lot of little villages and things. Um, And we've already only got the two kind of major towns named we've got Stormhaven and Stormway Stormsway. And even then Stormsway I don't think is going to be a bigger big big town. Mm-hmm. Um Stormhaven's gonna be the sort of larger one of the two. Um okay. I don't know. So we're thinking on this other island now. We've got another dot. Yeah we do yeah. In terms of obviously the the gems there, the ones that aren't up and walking about have purpose because they could be imbued with power and potentially be useful mm. as in their own right. Um, there needs to be some means of collecting these or extracting them, or yeah. somebody's got to be there for that purpose. Um, to that end, perhaps it wouldn't even necessarily be a um, a town or a village in the normal sense, but it would be more like here's an operation that's taking place that has a decent number of people, and yes, there is a a settlement of sorts but it's known to all that are there that this is a temporary operation that we're here to collect gems that people come and go it's a little bit like perhaps um i'm realize as i'm saying all of this this is a little bit reminiscent of riftview um where we talked about previously and i came up with the idea of a a mining town Mm, that is full of mercenary type people that are kind of coming and going and that you can kind of lose your way in that town maybe this is a more legitimate operation. Maybe yeah. this is more like you can actually earn a living here and it might be a little dangerous from time to time because those golems or whatever else. But you can you can make your money, go home with some gems in your pocket and mm. sell them and you're good. It's sort of like a company town kind of thing. Feudal corporatism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit less. I think we have this idea that Riffy was a bit more kind of um, not Wild West, but you know what I mean? It was like, like you say, a bit weird, people, a bit people lose themselves, you know, people come and lose their livelihood there because they've been promised one thing and it's it's another. Whereas this one is yeah. maybe, like you say, a bit more on the up and up. Um, but just nobody wants to come here, sort of thing. Like it's yeah, hard graft, sort of thing. There's an inherent risk or perhaps there's a certain amount of mystery and mystique. There'd probably be a lot of stories about this place. Yeah. For people that have never gone there and within this day and age, they would believe what they're told a lot of the time. So if you hear some outlandish tale from an old man that seems to have survived some crazy stuff, then you're mm. probably going to go, oh, well, I could make some money, but no. Well, the funny thing is actually as well is that you mentioned the Rifu. Rifu's mining thing, what would we call it? Glow Spa, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, that was also as a result of the same attack kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's just that was on the side of a mountain, like a lot closer on the mainland, a lot closer to the source. Um, well, it makes sense. I mean, it's, it's a different type of gem perhaps that was underground yeah. the there that was affected. 
Yeah, yeah, that was I think close, but I think I called it like a mineral ore. So maybe that we're seeing on the amethyst dials like what happened to gemstones. Mm-hmm. Um, the rift you one is like, look, here's what happened when that what what here's what that did to some, you know, just metal ores underground and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit different. Um, yeah, and, yeah. It, and it, it creates this sense of like there would be trades in different materials. There has to be different types of materials. Not every magic requires the same thing. Mm, so for sure, yeah, no, I, I mean, like that. Then so it's, it's kind of like a. Um, are we thinking that it's it's still like a sort of independent thing, or is this kind of something that's been maybe maybe this is actually being overseen by some kind of government. <laughs> I don't, well, I don't know. I was, this is getting. I think it makes sense. No, yeah. you're saying government is sort of like I think that the royal family and the the power of the land would probably have a vested interest in making it. sure that those crystals are going to the right places. That yeah. they hold control of, like it's almost like they hold the bullets, as it were. That they <laughs> they don't want those things to necessarily get into the wrong wizard's hands, so they're going to control the trade on it. Mm. Like it's still available. Like you can still buy them in shops and things. Mm. Um. But maybe there's, like you say, there's just some controls on. Are, are we inventing policy, a? Maybe? I don't know. But... Are, are we inventing a fantasy diamond cartel here? Like after a fashion. Diamond. I mean, ultimately, any control of resource gets to be that kind of thing. It's <laughs> cool, really. So, like, there's people. Oh, you know, <laughs> nothing says I love you like an amethyst from the amethyst Isles on a on a wedding ring. <laughs> Get her what she really wants. But it's like all oh, this propaganda, like... <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't thinking specifically on those lines. But but, maybe along the lines of maybe um, maybe the royal family would have a set of crown jewels that are festooned with amethysts. Yeah, I and like that. It's, it's very clearly that, like, here is a sign of the family's... where the family's wealth came from. Hmm. Or something like that. So, like, yeah, the, the, the perfect sort of... Um... They're like the perfect cut and everything, so it's kind of like, yeah, they're sort of kind of flaunting it, but like they're, you know, maybe it's not an everyday crown, you know, how like the Queen's got several crowns. Yeah, yeah, this, um, this is like properly brought the, the out type for, they would keep. It, yeah. It's ceremonial. It's purely ceremonial. Yeah, brought out for like the biggest of events is the the crown that's got the, the amethyst thing. And we can even tie this in as like a historical thing. Um, on my timeline, I've got it that um, the the... Uh, the amethyst stars were kind of brought in to be part of Valana from eleven sixteen, age you know, um, in the current univ- you know age. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was kind of as part of that, um, the people of the Isles presented this set of perfect amethysts to celebrate the union, mm-hmm. and it's since been set into a crown, which is brought out now at the most you know important events or something. Yeah. There could be a celebratory day of a remembrance of that, perhaps yeah. something to to remember the the union between the the royal family and the rulers of the time of hmm. the Amethyst Isles. Yeah, yeah. And so this has been a very prosperous union between them, and they celebrate on a regular basis on that because of that. Like, mm. yeah. Well, I haven't. I've just put. A, I've just put a year on it. I haven't put a date on it. But um, yeah, I like that as a, a thing. Of like, this is it's become sort of an important symbol of the union between the islands and the mainland kind of thing. Mm. The kind of thing as well, like in terms of politicking and common people and what things are viewed as, is that maybe 
in its time, it would be seen as what it is, as, as a celebration of the union between them. But over time, there could be segments of the populace that would see this day occur, potentially catch a glimpse of that ridiculously like ornate crown and the excess of it, and get the wrong idea, and not know their history, and go, oh, look at the royal family, aren't they fancy? Don't mm. they think they're big stuff? Where the reality <laughs> is that perhaps in the royal family's view at that point, it would be like, well, this is duty, this is remembrance, this is what we must do to continue the way that we are, and they would do it on that basis, and in that respect, be blind to what the people might see. You never know where that kind of thing goes in terms of you can court a rabble with that kind of thinking. Yeah, for sure. I like that. It's a, it's the sort of diversion of thought there of like both sides maybe don't have the full picture, but yeah, who's yeah, who's to yeah, say? And it's the way that a lot of history works ultimately. It's it's the way that a lot of things when we look back on historical events of the past and recontextualize and all that kind of stuff. And it's it's just a fascinating thing to think on that way. And the more you know, sometimes it's you can see general consensus and be like, okay, that's a bit questionable why everybody's getting up in arms about this or isn't reacting so strongly to that. That the same has gone on throughout history and would happen in these circumstances. I mean it could even be a thing that maybe um the you know, the sort of the use of that crown has kind of fallen out of favor to the point where now it is just like it's still used for these you know important like matters of ceremony and state and things but at one time it was like this is the primary crown this is being used Mm. this is worn by the king or queen at all times or whatever and it's kind of maybe like tastes have changed and it's seen as a little bit gauche Kind of thing. Of yeah. Like, okay. Perhaps, you know, perhaps or like the big the, impact already happened. Yeah. It, the, the it more, already caught the rabble after a fashion. And there was like somebody once threw a tomato or something when they were walking through the, the town <laughs> on the celebratory day. And it, there was shock and awe. But at the same time, the crowd did not necessarily react badly to the tomato being thrown. Well, and we've had. That, that told them the lesson or something. Like they, they learned from that and well, stopped with the pageantry <laughs> a little bit. That's, that's a possibility. I was thinking maybe, though, that, um, you know, we had our civil war that we. Um, we talked about. Oh, true. Um, yeah. Maybe it was the favored crown of the, you know, the usurper king, the guy, the poisoner king guy. Mm, so after, it. yeah, after he was, you know, killed and um, the 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 throne taken by the current family, um, that for many years was sort of that crown wasn't seen, you know. They were, you know, it was it was seen as like, okay, well, no, that was, he, you know, he, <laughs> people got used to seeing him with that crown on his head. We want to distance ourselves from that sort of image for a bit. So maybe something a bit more kind of understated. I think I've kind of said that the um, the the queen who took over, um, the one who killed him, was the was the younger sister of the previous the the. I mean, he poisoned the king and his wife and took the crown. And then he was killed by the younger sister of the previous king's wife, the one the one he'd poisoned. Yeah, and she took the she took the throne. So maybe I've had it in my head that she was a bit more of it. She was like a kind of warrior, so a bit more kind of practical, maybe. So she didn't need this flashy sort of covered in the most valuable gems kind of thing. Hers mm. went for like a more understated thing, and then that became the tradition of like, okay, right. Eventually, it you know it started making its way back into circulation. It was definitely you know kept in the vaults or whatever. <laughs> and yeah. then somebody started the tradition again of like, well, no, we'll wear this during you know royal weddings or coronations or ascension of the new um, head of the 
Arcanium or something, you know. It was brought out <laughs> for big events and it you know, but only after quite some time had passed when the memory maybe had faded a little bit of like, oh no, this was that king's main crown or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a couple of generations so that nobody would immediately look at it and go, Ah, I remember. Yeah. That uh, that that's I mean, there's so much you can do with that kind of like hundred percent. What I don't know what what you'd, what kind of storytelling you'd even call that, but like subtle sort well, it's, of it's social storytelling after yeah. a fashion. It's, it's sort of the politics of humanity, the way that we observe concepts and the behaviour of others. Mm. Ultimately, I mean, in the broader strokes, that's everything that everybody's doing all the time, really. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I like that as a thing then. So that. That sort of adds a little thing. I mean, okay, so we're we're kind of thinking then to, to to circle back that that extra dot that I've got on the map at the moment is going to be this sort of the the source, the main mine, the, the most organised mine maybe for access. Because yeah. I, yeah. I imagine they're cropping up all over the place. Really, um, I'm trying to think of a good name for it. Potentially, there could be um, Sparkleberg. Mm. <laughs> because <laughs> no, then it's it, then it gives that sense of like a yeah. permanent it feels like it would need like a royal name but it's, it's the, the royal something the royal gem manufacturer yeah yeah, yeah. we'll have a think on it um so, so calling it a mine directly just feels a bit simple it feels like it needs to have some kind of like fancy name for fancy magic jewels <laughs> well i feel like maybe it, it, you know you're saying not permanent i don't i don't think I think it has probably been there for quite a while, but suppose. But then maybe it, it would have to be though that like you can only mine certain locations for so long, unless mm. we're going to say that there's like a quarry-sized deposit of just like a huge. You know how you get like a geode? It's, it'd yeah. almost be like an enormous quarry-sized geode that you're just <laughs> looking into. Like, yeah. Okay. Well, no, that, that makes more sense then. So, that, but then maybe this one has been here for quite a few years. But yeah, they could last for a few years. Yeah. So. It's almost like my mind goes to like the logging operations of, of kind of, I suppose, now, but of the past in particular. Um, you've played Red Dead Redemption 2, and this is perhaps yeah. a bit of a weird reference, but have you done the logging mission where you happen upon a group of people that are cutting down trees, and when you first meet them, they're in a heavily wooded area that's full of animals and plant mm. life, and there's only a very small number of them, and they are building like an outpost the first time you meet them. I think yeah, have yeah, you done yeah that I've met that. I haven't got on my last playthrough. I didn't progress that very far. I, 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 yeah, I did the usual thing of like I'll start a playthrough. I'll play for five, ten hours, and then <laughs> distracted by another I... game. Um, but yes, but no, I know I, what you I, mean. Yeah, the way it plays out though is that as you keep coming back, like do a few missions, come back, talk to them again. Each time you come back, the camp grows and grows mm. and grows, and gets to like an exponential point where there are a lot of men there, and the trees have clearly come down. Like there's one moment where you leave and come back and the number of trees that have been felled has just massively changed it's not a woodland anymore there's just stumps everywhere there's no plant life all yeah. of the animals have buggered off and the very last part of it is this cabin that they've built that was basically the headquarters of this whole operation is the only thing that's left and the last person there is the foreman that you meet one more time and you basically say oh hey what's happening um, this was so busy. And he goes, oh, we're done. Um, we've moved on. Uh, we've built another thing elsewhere. I'll be building another cabin. And basically gives you a brief gist of, like, this is the way that that operates. Mm. And that I could see it kind of working a bit like that, where you would have people scouting for the next location. You'd have degrees of, like, build-up in each of these places. That you've got the people that are out there first 
starting to build a little bit of infrastructure so that they can then move on to it. And then you might have the ruins of the previous places kind of trailing behind them. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that works. I like it as a sort of concept of like, as well, that maybe there's this disconnect on the islands as a whole, because maybe majority of people who live here are, you know, it's sort of fishing communities, really, you know, and just mm-hmm. kind of island people. There's people with some, you know, sheep herders and things like that. You know, it's, it's, it's not island communities. And then there's the sort of split between the locals who live like that and the the miners who maybe, like you say, are a bit more of a transient population who are coming in from elsewhere, or the kind of the experts who are coming in to make their fortune a bit in these mm. sort of, like you say, temporary kind of mine setups and that. And the turnover might be quite high. You know, people coming in, they're getting what they need, they're getting paid and they're going. Sort of set against the backdrop of like people whose families have lived here for hundreds of years farming sheep on the same little patch you know sort of thing mm-hmm. um so it's yeah, a bit of a disconnect the, the variety of miners the, the variety of accents the variety of different races the, the just all of that might be a bit much for some of the locals that like there mm. could be a bit of let's say disconnect there well also the other thing of like no they've seen it all before so they know are oh, those miners we don't yeah it's, we don't it's boring potentially yeah, yeah it's uh, we've seen uh, for some of them it would be that for some of it would be i mean you might get the curious kid that would sneak into the mining camp that kind of thing there's yeah all of that i suppose yeah like a kind of thing like oh we've seen plenty of faces here come and go looking to make their fortune mm. um better off settling down like we do and fishing <laughs> you know yeah. once every other generation you might get the forbidden love between like the random miner and the uh, the girl in the village kind of thing like just yeah my mind immediately went to like a west side story like <laughs> musical <laughs> thing bunch of people clicking at each other um <laughs> okay well, i like okay as an over let's give a final overview then because we are we're just past the hour mark um so yeah it's it's a kind of it's a slightly less populated area of the country um, mainly due to the sort of slightly harder sort of you know, there's the barrier of needing to get on a boat to get there sort of thing <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's a sort of slightly odd kind of vibe where the, the, the whole landscape is a bit sort of infused with this kind of low level kind of magical flow that sort of crops up occasionally but really doesn't affect people's lives too much um, so it's just it's it's a thing that maybe you just if you're used to it being on how it is on the mainland you step off the boat and you're like god this place is giving off a weird this this feels odd you know get some vibes <laughs> yeah get some odd vibes I'm trying not to use the word vibe so much because <laughs> I'm allowed to <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but in general yeah people there I guess not like unfriendly but they're sort of used to how their like way of life they're not used to these mainlanders really other than the miners and they don't really associate too much really um <laughs> but so yeah, I, I don't know i think it, this sort of having this sort of slightly you know it's part of the country but it's a sort of there's the disconnect there kind of thing i yeah, yeah i kind of like it as a concept yeah no I'm, I'm into it i think we've come up with some decent stuff yeah awesome okay well yeah, I think that's that's kind of a fun. I think that's probably a, a good place to sort of leave it on that one. Then, um, I'm, like I say, I'm going to go and adjust my map a little bit because just looking at the size, of thing, like the shape of things on here, I think I can tweak things to make it look a little bit more. I mean, we we've, we've said it's not naturally formed, but like, hmm. you know, 
I think I can make it look better. <laughs> Just some of the outlines of the, those little islands around the bottom. I can see exactly where I use the Photoshop like eraser tool to make those. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a stronger eye for it than I have. Yeah. I, I have faith that you will make an improvement because yeah. it already looks good. So, yeah. Well, especially mainly that one on the bottom left. Um, yeah, it's a bit weird. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's all good to me. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. Uh, well, we'll leave it there then. Um, have you got anything to plug at all? Uh, yeah. Um, I've been doing a variety of things lately. We're still doing Jackbox on mm. Saturday evenings. Uh, I usually uh, preface that with an hour or two, or maybe two to three hours sometimes, of Clone Hero, uh, which I've played excessively recently. We'll see how much that goes on. Um, and Disco Elysium's on Wednesdays. That's usually from 7pm, and all the Clone Hero and Jackbox stuff is from 3pm or 4pm on a Saturday, 6pm for the Jackbox stuff. This is all on your Twitch. At, um, all on Monday Twitch, yes. Yeah. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, your turn to correct somebody's promo <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is the pecking order Nikolai corrects me I correct you <laughs> um, anyway yeah uh, well uh, you can always find links to that um, I, try, I try and retweet it if I if I can when you're going when you're going live with the podcast Indeed, account but um, I'm often at work sometimes when you're doing things um so I think the probably the best place to keep up to date on links is if everybody joins our Discord server. Um, just to, I feel like there's been a balance shift recently where people have joined from watching you play Clone Hero and there's less uh, podcast people on there. Um, just, you know. Well, hopefully we can parlay that. I'm, yeah. I'm trying. <laughs> it's all good. The more people to talk to, the better, really. But yeah, if everybody, uh, yeah, the best way to keep up to date, actually, probably with anything to do with the podcast, is to uh, join us on Twitter um, and our Discord is probably the two main ones, really, isn't it? Yeah, um, definitely. But yes, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, as always, at Pretend with Dice. Uh, the link to our Discord server is actually in our Twitter bio. That's an there's a permanent invite um, link there in our Twitter bio. Or if you don't really use Twitter, uh, you can find it also on, I think it's the contact page of our Podbean site, pretendingwithdice.podbean.com. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much it, really, I think. Oh, there's one thing I need to say as well, is that we have our fourth anniversary Q&A coming up um, very soon. I think when this goes live, this will be this week, People have just over a week left to send us in questions for that. Um, I don't yeah. think we've... Because <laughs> we haven't really put out anything for the last couple of weeks. I haven't had a chance to, on an episode announce that. Um, I've tweeted about it and things, but yeah. So if you want to ask us a question for us to answer on our um, uh, fourth anniversary Q&A, which actually is going to be the next episode, I think, in two weeks' time, um, and you're going to need to send them to us by Friday the... When did, what did I say? By Friday the 15th? Yeah. Yeah, send them send them in by next Friday, Friday the 15th of May. Um, you can either do it by uh, sending us a tweet, sending us a direct message on there, Facebook message or comment, or you can email us at pretendingwithdice at outlook.com. Um, we also have a dedicated channel on our Discord server for asking questions. Um so uh, yeah, I don't think there's anything else I need to plug really. There, yeah, I think I've. I think that covers the bases. Yeah, does, yeah. cool. Okay, well, uh, we'll speak to you all in two weeks' time for our fourth anniversary Q and A episode. I can't believe it's been four years. That's gone real quick. Yeah, it does yeah. feel like a heartbeat. I feel like this last year doesn't count though because of COVID. 
well, t- COVID time warp is real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where on my, I've got a list of, I got an episode list document that I, I keep track of um, numbers and things. This whole area has been labeled on my personal list as um, the lockdown bonus zone because um, it's been a long string of bonus episodes <laughs> but um yeah anyway we'll speak to you all later have a uh, have a good um have a good week bye bye <laughs>